Awesome. We've been in a series called God Talk. Can you say God Talk? And our heart in this series is, you know, really to recognize the tremendous transformational powers of a mouth that is yielded to the Spirit of God. How many of y'all know we can actually change the world for Jesus by how we use this thing? How many of y'all know you can build wild things for the kingdom with this thing? How many of y'all know you can do a lot of damage with this thing? Christians aren't exempt from this, okay? We still have the capacity to either yield to the Spirit of God or yield to the enemy in our speech, and we have to choose. Can you say choose? We have to choose to speak God talk. And it's like this wonderful lifelong thing that the fruit of is actually a better experience. How many of y'all have ever just been in like a wine fest? I'm not talking about red wine. You know, I'm not talking about that kind of wine. Was it? <laughs> no, I'm talking about like that kind of whining. How do you walk away from that? You feel good? I don't think so. Here's my question. What's the fruit of that? What's the fruit? Bitterness, what, it, what I heard too. Yeah, it's insane. Yet we still sometimes find ourselves participating. This morning, as in all of the other messages we've been preaching here, is an invitation. Can you say invitation? This is not the kind of thing where if you feel throughout the service that the Spirit of God is being like, yeah, there's some room to grow here that you get caught up in condemnation or shame. Too often, I preach something confrontational and someone is offended by it rather than growing into the goodness they're invited into by it. I love you. I'm just some real talk. Okay? I don't wake up going, how can I make you mad? <laughs> just so you know, guys, some of y'all might feel that way, but like that's really not my, my motivation at all. And I'm up here, like, like, I feel like sometimes, even just in my education, when I was going to school for theology and, and preaching and hermeneutics and things like that, so often it was taught that you can't teach something until you really have laid hold of it. Well, then I'm exempt of teaching a lot. Because I'm just like you. And I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best in this life to yield to the Spirit of God and to see His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? And so this is not, if, if, you, if you feel like, whoa, Stephen, you're coming at me. I'm not coming at you. This is an invitation. I'm coming for you. The Spirit of God is saying, come, come on. And the fruit of this, so long as we don't let it get twisted, will be His goodness will be his peace, will be transformation in the earth again as we yield our mouths to him. Amen? So that's why we're doing this whole thing, okay? I don't have the fanciest words, honestly. I didn't sleep all that great, you know what I mean? I'm not up here to perform for you, okay? I just want to do my best to communicate what I feel like the Spirit of God has for our church family. Cool? Can we listen like that? Awesome. So let's start off, Ephesians 4, 29. This is in the Passion Translation. It says this, And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts. Can you say beautiful gifts? 
that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Is our speech helpful? Is it full of grace? Or is it critical and condemning? Are we blessing constantly or are we blessing and cursing? That's what I want to hone in on today. These things are meant to be fountains of God's love. That's what they're supposed to be. And they create such beautiful things. They heal. They have the power to heal. But we got to submit them. We have to submit this thing. And God will do tremendous things. James chapter 3. This is going to be kind of the core portion of Scripture that we're in today. And, and if this is your first time, uh, I highlight some words or I bold some words up here. So if you would, please read along with those words. kind of helps you stay engaged. Unless it's a distraction, then don't and everything's okay. Um, so it says this in James 3, 8 through 11. But no one among mankind can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. And all God's people said amen, and we go home, and you're welcome for that encouraging message, you know. But this is, man, I love James. James is a pastor, man, you know. He's like, listen, y'all, this is the reality. With it, we bless the Lord, or we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people. Hmm, let's just sit there for a moment. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same, yeah, okay, we're together. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? What's the answer to that? Neither should we. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. And this might sound hopeless. You might be like, but no one among mankind can tame the tongue. Guess what? Good news, the Spirit of God can. The Spirit of God can. And as we yield ourselves to God, rather than just trying to clean it up, soap in the mouth. Anybody ever? Doesn't work. Just tastes terrible, makes me more angry, and I'm probably going to swear more. You know what I mean? Like, that's not helpful, you know? Cleaning up this thing is a matter of yielding it to the Spirit of God. You cannot do it on your own. And I think, judging by how critical and condemning we can be, there's room to grow. There's room to grow. This thing is meant only to be a fountain of blessing. That's large speech. Only. Exclusively. For blessing. And so there, we kind of have a gauge 
of how much opportunity there is for the Spirit of God to move. The word here for blessing, we can go ahead and pull up the definition. Strong's G2129, eulogia. Can you say eulogia? And guess what? The word eulogy comes from this. Anybody know what a eulogy is? Yeah? When do you read a eulogy? When someone passes, right? Now here's a question. When someone passes, do you get up and go, well, that's Stephen. He was the worst. Gosh, I really just wish he would have done things like I wanted him to do them. Yes, what's with his jeans? Why are they so short? Why is he always, like, why are his pants always so short? I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Is that what you would do? I hope not. For the record, if someone does that at my funeral, I might giggle. You know, I, I'm not even mad at that, actually. That's an invitation. Somebody can get up and talk smack about the pant game. That's fine, you know. But that's not, that's, to bless means, well, it's, so the etymology is from the word you and logos, good speech. We are called to good speech. Now, what I love about this is it means to speak well of, can you say of? Or two, to praise, extol, bless abundantly, invoke a benediction, give thanks, and I like this, polished language. Can you say polished language? I think for us to have consistent language that blesses, for us to have polished language, First and foremost, we need a polished perspective. If we were to go to any accumulation of stones, you know how people have like the gardens and they have all those river rocks and stuff? You'd go and you'd just be like, oh look, a bunch of rocks. If I took one of those rocks and polished it, I said, look, do you see how beautiful this is? be like, wow, yeah. I wonder how many of us look at humanity like a bunch of dull stones, indifferent to them. We don't see the potential. We don't see the shine. We don't see that they were made in the likeness of God. And if we forget this church and we don't let the Spirit of God help us to see people, as treasures, we're going to treat them inferior to the way that God calls us to, even if it's indifference. Imagine, just like think about it, think about it. Think about waking up tomorrow and seeing every person the way God sees them, not as an inconvenience, not as someone who you get to talk smack about, whine about, but as a treasure, as a treasure of God. See, polishing is not pretending. It's bringing out and highlighting the truth of what's actually there. 
I'm not telling you to play make-believe. I'm asking you to let the Spirit of God transform your sight to seeing the truth. That every human being has tremendous value. And that us speaking anything other than blessing to or of them is fruitless. But don't we just really need to balance them? Don't they? I'm telling you, it's fruitless. If we can focus on blessing instead of cursing and exclusively let our speech bring out the truth that they are a treasure, we're going to see great things in this earth again. I don't, like I, I hope I don't ever overtell my story. I don't think you can. But like some of y'all didn't know me before Jesus, but I was a mess, dude. Like, yeah, Miss D knows. She was the high school Alec teacher. That meant the bad room. Like, like that's where the bad kids go. Miss D wouldn't put it like that, but that's, you know, if you were naughty, that's where you went. I was a mess, man. Trying to find hope in every other thing. Trying to find hope in music. Trying to find hope in girls. Trying to find hope in drugs. And none of it worked. And I looked bad. But a family saw me truly. Are you seeing truth? Or are you being duped into believing the lie? But no, 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 you don't get it. They're not behaving in a good way. I don't care. You cursing them and criticizing them, that has no power to draw them to transformation. We have profound opportunity to invite people into his goodness by seeing the good in them and fanning that. Saying, I, I don't see anyone according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians 5. Jesus worked at a tremendous thing. And we need to see people in light of what he's done. They've been forgiven. If people are acting bad or wrong, they need God. And rather than judging them because they're doing things bad or wrong, they need an invitation to the one who can make things right. That's what they need. Let's pull up verse 9 again, 9 and 10. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who have been made in the likeness of God. Can you say made in the likeness of God? Do you treat everyone like they were made in the likeness of God? Do you speak about them like they were made in the likeness of God? This is an invitation. This is an invitation. Don't trash God's treasure.
If we are made in his image, calling people ugly is calling God's work ugly. If we're made in the likeness of God. Listen, I'm not saying everything they do or say is beautiful. I'm just saying don't believe the lie that all of that is who they are. How many of y'all want to be judged and like identified with your wrongdoing? Anybody? But we do it. And we should not. We should invite the Spirit of God to show us the truth that this person is a gem. This person is a treasure. Pull that out of people. Speak that over people. And I mean it. I mean whoever. You just get the, you know, we all have like the group that we talk smack about. For me, it's religious Christians. And I give myself an out. I'm like, yeah, well, they frustrated Jesus too, so I can be real, I can, you know? Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. Many of us, it's politic. Many of us, it's lifestyle, whatever, man. All I'm saying is, let's magnify God and let's show people who he is. Let's speak over people who they are in Christ. Just ask yourself. You hear yourself starting to talk smack. Say, would I do this at their funeral? And if the answer is yes, there's a heart issue, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, again, that's all this really comes down to is just letting God transform our hearts. I'm not here to police your language, okay? If you're being rude and you're being a turd burglar, I might be like, yo, you're being rude. <laughs> you know? And people do this to me, too. Because sometimes I come in hot and it's not in the right way. Sometimes I can get a little fleshy in my distaste for legalism doesn't just because <laughs> we could all make arguments that cop us out of the opportunity to change this for God's kingdom to bless exclusively we can all do it and all of it is a waste of time once more what is the fruit what's the fruit of you sitting around talking smack of you complaining of you cursing, speaking ill of or over. What's the fruit of that? Is it an invitation? A hard heart, that is the fruit. You develop a hard heart. God wants us soft. It says he gives us a new heart of flesh. It's a wondrous experience. Guys, guys, there's just... <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, I want to see the lost saved. I really do. Like, I really do. And I love you all so much. But, like, <laughs> we kind of been here. We know God. We're getting him known better. And, like, I want to see new blood. But we're going to see it when we see them as they actually are, not the lies they've bought into is we have a polished perspective and start to speak polished speech. But once more, it's not the kind of polished where we're pretending or writing a fancy political speech. It's the kind of polished speech that lines up with the truth of they glow 
to God. He loves them. He sees every minute, beautiful detail that he created them with. He sees their redeemed potential. And he speaks that over us. We get to line up our mouths with that. That's good news. I don't know if y'all know this. That's good news. Because just to be honest, sitting around and whining and complaining and talking smack, like, you don't feel good on the other side of it. But I know this from experience because I've seen conversations shift from trash-talking sessions to finding things that are encouraging to say about someone and praying over them. The atmosphere and the byproduct of the whole conversation shifts. You walk away knowing the presence of God better. No flesh fests. Amen? You know, when we talk about this stuff, um, I, I like that it says, speaks good things of, and not just to. Because um, I think some of us bless out of obligation, you know, when the person's there. I, just like through gritted teeth, God bless you, you know? And then they leave, or then you get with someone close and they're not there and you just decide, okay, now I got a freebie to talk smack. It's to speak well of. Of. Can you say of? So even when they're not there, hello, passive aggression. Hello. I've seen this, man. I've seen this. I've participated in it. I've been the guy that does it. You know? And just the amount of times I've been somewhere where someone has been somewhere and then they leave and people decide that, oh, well, now that they're gone, I get to whine about them. Now that they're gone, I get to reveal how I truly feel. Now I get to reveal the honesty. When really, your honesty is believing a lie about the person in the first place. We're being duped into believing lies about people. And we shouldn't let this thing line up with that. Our words have an impact whether the person is listening or not. There is spiritual consequence to the things we say. Did you hear me? Guys, this is, I have to tell you again, this is good news. Hello? This is good news, you guys. There is spiritual consequence to the things we say. And that means that when we line these things up with and for God, we're going to see tremendous change. That's good news. Again, a question to ask is, are my words stirring up gossip and division? Or hope, unity, and reconciliation? Don't jump on the trash train. Don't do it. Turn that thing around. Help people repent. Let's be people who help navigate people out of this. Because this is the point is not for us to be like, oh, you're one of those trash-talking Christians. 
It's not that. It's, okay, how can we as a people get better at speaking the truth of God's love over and to every person all of the time? Are y'all alive? Okay, good. Just checking. Titus 3, 1 through 2. It says this, remind them to be subject to rulers. So the Apostle Paul um, writes in both 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus, they're like pastoral um, letters. He's writing to these young men, um, giving them instruction on how to teach and engage with the people that they're responsible to. It says, remind them to be subject to rulers and to authorities, to be obedient, (laughs) to be ready for every good deed. Y'all ready? To slander no one. Not to be contentious, to be gentle, showing every consideration for all people. Isn't that good? Holy smokes. Christians, does this look like the last few years? (laughs) To slander no one. Not to be contentious. But to show, to be gentle and to show consideration, every consideration for all people. Psalm 62, 2-4. says this, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be greatly shaken. How long will you attack a man that you may murder him, all of you? Like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence, they have planned only to thrust him down from his high position. Ready? They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they curse. Ugh! We don't want that. We want these things to line up with what the Spirit of God is revealing to us about people, and he highlights, hey, they've been made in the likeness of God. Hey, Jesus died for them. Remember that? Anytime we curse people, we are working in direct contradiction to the cross. He took all curse upon himself. So for us to be spray-painting it, is to be placed in graffiti on God's masterpiece. Instead of going, wow, look how God, look how good God is. Look at what he's done. Look at who you, do you know who you are? Do you know who God is? Do you know how much he loves you? God will show us the giftings in one another. Listen, our differences, so often the enemy kidnaps us being different and brings division instead of us letting the Holy Spirit show us that our differences are strengths. We are a body with so many different giftings. And as we yield to him and as we yield our eyes and our mouths to him, we get to speak that over into one another, seeing the good and the God in people. Ephesians 4, 25. says this. Y'all ready? Therefore, ridding yourselves of falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor. 
because we are parts of one another. Yeah, I'm going to tell them my truth. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hold on. There is truth and there is everything else. There's truth and then there's everything else. We're called to speak truth, each one of us with his neighbor, because we're parts of one another. I like that, ridding yourselves of falsehood. And in the psalm, it was also talked about falsehood. The way I see that is literally like a hood of falseness. We walk about in the earth or with certain people and we put up this hood. Oh, yeah, yeah, God bless you. Yeah, you're the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like up here like, oh, you're so nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then again, when we get on our own or we get around people that we're comfortable with, the hood goes down. Yeah, I don't like that person one bit. I don't like that. Again, the short, the short pants stuff, you know. It's a silly metaphor. We go further than that. Falsehood is cowardly. Afraid of loving through trouble, it puts a hood of falsity up to cover your intention with pretty things to protect you from uncomfortability. And then when the threat is gone, you take the hood down and speak ill of them. That's what falsehood is. It's nasty. And guess what? We get to rid ourselves of it. Ooh, hey, good news. I don't like wearing a hood. Old Stephen did. Old Stephen didn't want to have anything to do with y'all. Even the first time I came to this church, hood up. I don't want any of y'all looking at me. I don't want your hugs. Stop touching me. Stop talking to me. You know? But how many of y'all know we can see clearly when we take a hood down? My peripheral vision is terrible with a hood up. Like when I'm snow blowing, it's terrifying. I have this giant fur coat. It's not real fur. And it's just around the hood, you know what I mean? But those, these things, <laughs> I can't see anything, dude. It's terrifying. And I live on a corner on like a main road. So if y'all see me snow blowing, slow down and get over. Okay? Because you can't hold me accountable to anything that happens. Because I got that hood up. We've been invited to take these hoods down. We don't need to be functioning without being able to see the truth of what is actually going on. There's so much beauty in people, you guys. There's so much beauty in people. Please see it. Please let the Spirit of God show you it. And if you hear this thing starting to say other things, just like let that again be an invitation and a check to repentance. All of us do this. The Spirit of God can change this. God's not asking us to replace our fake kindness with honest cruelty. This is an invitation to recognize not only our hypocrisy, but the need for a heart shift towards people who have been made in His likeness. Blessing, speaking good of, to, over, blessing. Seeing the truth and speaking it over people, blessing. Now we're going to go a step further here. This is one that, you know, some people have a hard time with. 
Um, it's because it makes, man, only God can work this out in us. And it's loving our enemies. It's blessing those who persecute and hurt us. How many of know we're called to do that? By who? God, by Jesus. I'm talking like red letter stuff, you know? So often we add our ifs and our buts and our exemptions to this stuff. I think Jesus meant what he said. In Luke 6.28, Jesus said this. Y'all ready? Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who are abusive to you. In Romans 12, 14, it says this. Y'all ready? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Enemies are not an exemption. We're called to bless them. And honestly, we are not a people who label others as enemies. People will consider us enemies. Just so you know. But we're not outgoing, enemy, I'm going to bless you. Enemy, I'm going to, you know what I mean? We don't see people as enemies. We know there is an enemy and it's not humanity. Hello? So Why? Why bless those who persecute us? Because what other way are they actually going to turn around? Listen, when people are doing wrong and you scream at them and you judge them, we just dig in our heels and we lock it in. We like lock it in. But if instead of that, we can change to being people who aren't moved by the enemy, we don't see people in accordance to all that stuff. But we see people purely. We're not moved. We bless. And in, in the Beatitudes, Jesus wraps it all up. He says, therefore be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You know what comes before that? He causes his rain and his sun to shine on the good and the wicked. So it ought be with us. This thing, only blessing, no cursing, to and of everyone. Don't let cancel culture bleed into the church. We bless enemies and know the real potential of our God to work in their lives and that they see who they are in Christ and can become friends. Enemies aren't transformed into friends by us yelling at them about how much they're an enemy. We have to reach out. And it's dangerous. This is, guys, this is, this is what persecution is supposed to be the byproduct of, is loving people who don't love us. And they're not always going to respond well. It's not because, well, I believe. 
and they don't like my beliefs. Real persecution should be a reaction to us loving well. It's what it should be. Not us just shouting at people about how bad they are. And then they're like, you know what? We don't like you. No, duh. You know what I mean? No, duh. But us loving well. Us going out and loving people that the world deems worthless and enemies. Hello, guys. Let us not forget the Apostle Paul was a certified terrorist. So much so that the church didn't even want to see him after he got saved. They were like, oh, the Apostle Paul? Nah, not that guy. And then this dude named Barnabas was like, guys, though, for real, though, he actually did have our change. Come on, will you please see him? I want to be a Barnabas. I don't want to be the people hiding out from Paul. Let's actually believe in the redeeming work of Christ and its transformational power, and let's line our mouths up with it. Amen? Speak the truth. That means God's truth, not whatever lie we've rebranded. The truth in love. I just wanted to throw this out there because when we talk about springs, you know, in James 3.11, we can pull that up. Does a spring send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? The answer is what? No, it doesn't. Um, I love this, though, when you pair it with John 7, 38. This is Jesus speaking. The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, y'all ready? From his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he said in reference to the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were yet to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Guess what, guys? We live in a covenant where God's love has been poured out in us by the Holy Spirit's presence. That's Romans 5, 5. And we get to live that out. We get to let his rivers of living water pour out of us. Is your speech a river of living water? It can be. Yield to the Spirit of God and watch the good things he says. It's going to be amazing, you guys. It's going to be amazing. Are our words about others spirit-led and life-giving? One last thing that I just thought was kind of cool. Um, how many of you have ever heard the word shalom? Did you guys know that that's like the Hebrew greeting? Did you know that? They're not just like, hi. <laughs> it's like shalom. And, and actually when they, shalom was kind of a shortened version of Shalom Aleichem. There's like some of that in there. It's like Shalom Aleichem, you know. But what that means is peace upon you. Isn't that dope? Peace upon you. You guys, I don't know if, and they would like, this is how they would greet everybody. Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem. Now I'm not asking you to go to people. Shalom Aleichem. You know what I mean? People are going to look at you like, what's the matter with you? There's people who are like so fixed on saying like Yeshua or whatever, and they get mad at me for saying Jesus. I'm like, relax, okay? Just like, chill out. You're not Hebrew. You know what I mean? Stop it. You know? Sorry. 
see, see, <laughs> you know, I'm one step away, you know. But I'm not asking that of us. What I'm saying is, I think after a few years when people have had no idea how to engage with one another, on the other side of COVID, when COVID was go like really, really going on, you know what I mean? How many of y'all didn't know boundaries of other people? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, just being honest, the whole human experience was a little weird, you know? Because some people are like, stay back 35 feet. And other people are like, come give me a hug. And you're like, Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what I'm saying is there's even, there's even skits about all this stuff. Like, people are so hilariously awkward right now. It's like we forgot how to socialize. And honestly, I see this as something that God can flip for good. Because I think a church who is lining our mouths up with blessings over people, when, when people are walking around like, am I allowed to talk to you? How, how should I even speak to you anymore? From us pours blessing. I'm talking when we go out on these streets and we talk with people, it's not like, hi, chip card? Meh, meh, meh. Why are you yelling at me? I did the right thing. Oh, it's good? We're good? Meh. Okay, yeah, sure. I'll take it out and then I'm just going to be on my way. I'm saying we can actually pour blessing out around us as we see every person again in the likeness of God. How would you talk to people if you knew they were his creation? If you remembered that and you saw them as gems. Y'all know what this mural is out here? It's gems being polished by the water of the Holy Spirit. That's what's going on. Some people are like, what is this? You know, that's what's going on. Because a word was spoken prophetically over our church that there were gems in this city. And we see them. We see them. And we're going to let the Spirit of God show us the polished truth and help us speak the polished language. Amen? Shalom Alechem. Peace be upon you. So let's let the Spirit of God renew our minds to see people as treasures of God worth dying on a cross for. And let's speak blessing over them and to them to see them light up. To see who they actually are and to be drawn closer to Jesus. Amen? Amen.